Hey, York Alliance. Welcome back to the York Alliance Daily for Thursday, December 14th. Hope you're doing well as we wrap up this podcast week and uh, get uh, moving toward the third Sunday in Advent. Man, unbelievable that we are just about to Christmas. Um, Our countdowns all over the house are getting closer and closer which means Christmas shopping is getting tighter and tighter. So some of you are kind of freaking out about that. Totally understand. Um, and the the beauty of the season gets greater and greater as we get closer, as we recognize the, the beauty of what Jesus has done. And so uh, it's great to be back with you. And um, I, I want to continue to encourage you about the God who is bigger than what we can imagine. Uh, it was uh, interesting yesterday after the podcast went out to get a response from uh, someone who was uh, stretching to uh, support an overseas ministry that she has uh, started and is a part of and was wrestling with uh, being able to have food packages for the holidays uh, that she had uh, she had promised to the people that were there, to the people that were part of the school, and just d- didn't have enough for it. And the, the fundraising hadn't been sufficient, enough money hadn't come in, and she didn't have enough money to do it and just didn't, didn't know what to do. Like, wh- what's, what's the, the process? There was only a day left to raise the funds. And as she says it, um, she, she says it this way, my heart is heavy. You talk about the mighty God who is capable of all and in charge of all. And so I surrendered to God. He's in charge. I let some guilt go. I asked for forgiveness for anything I've done wrong or failed to do. And I asked from that moment on, I would trust him more. This was on Sunday as the mighty God was declared. And uh, what happened next is she had done a bunch of things on social media and other things to try to generate a a last minute kind of push of giving uh, to make this work. And she says she got a text while she was in church from a coworker uh, saying that she has some Christmas money for uh, the kids that she's uh, sending these care packages to. And uh, the way that she recounts it is she had no idea of the need and doesn't use social media. But with that money and the money that I received from a few fundraiser sales, I had exactly the amount needed plus $1. And and I love that plus $1 because sometimes God does that. Uh, we have a story of God providing from years and years ago that we in a remarkable way. And I don't know that it was exactly $1, but it was plus just a little bit, just just enough to say, not only does God know your needs and he can meet your needs, but he can actually go just a little bit more. It's a it's a great reminder. Um, I got to hear another story yesterday of the, of the mighty God speaking to someone in a moment of great need and um, – and simply saying, I am your provider. Uh, your employer is not your provider. Your, uh, your family is not your provider. Uh, I am your provider, and uh, I will take care of you. This is the mighty God, and uh, I hope that transcendent vision of who God is captures you uh, this week. But I want to transition today as we wrap up the week of mighty God to think of mighty in a, in a different kind of way. Because uh, Jesus has come, yes, as the mighty God, but he's come as the mighty God in the form of a helpless baby, which is um, w- which is tough for us to get our heads around because um, it, how can both things be true? I, I love the way uh, Dietrich Bonhoeffer in his devotional, The Coming of Jesus in Our Midst, uh, Bonhoeffer says this, it's remarkable that we face the thought that God is coming so calmly, whereas previously peoples trembled at the day of God. Whereas the world fell into trembling when Jesus Christ walked over the earth, we've become so accustomed to the idea of divine, divine love and of God's coming at Christmas that we no longer feel the shiver of fear that God's coming should arouse in us. We're indifferent to the message, taking only the pleasant and agreeable out of it and forgetting the serious aspect. 
that the God of the world draws near to the people of our little earth and lays claim on us. The coming of God is truly not only glad tidings, but first of all, frightening news for everyone who has a conscience. And, and then Bonhoeffer goes on and says, only when we have felt the terror of the matter can we recognize the incomparable kindness. God comes into the very midst of evil and of death and judges the evil in us and in the world. And by judging us, God cleanses us and sanctifies us, comes to us with grace and love. God makes us happy as only children can be happy. I, I love the way he's talking about it because basically he's saying we, you have to hold the might of God in tension with the love of God and not just feel the warmth of the baby coming among us and, oh, isn't Jesus cute and aren't we thankful that um, a baby has come, but to recognize that God has come to earth. There is weight to that. But the weight to that is also a reminder that um, the the mighty God who is capable of conquering sin, death, and hell comes tenderly and draws close to us. The mighty God in the form of a baby. What a paradox. The, the God who is able to create all things with the words of his mouth by speaking over the chaos of the waters. It, that same God comes literally unable to talk. He has to learn to use his words. Like, how wild is that? How wild is it that the God of the universe who has ordered all things can't even walk, can't control his bladder? Like these are, these are normal things. And as far as we understand, Jesus was a normal baby. He became weak for us. But that doesn't mean that even lying in the manger, he wasn't mighty. He was more than capable. Um, Augustine, in his uh, in his confessions, talks about the idea that I'm going to I'm doing this from memory, so I might get this wrong, but it's something along the lines of the reason we don't see sin in babies is just because they're weak, not because they're not sinful. They would um, they would be just as sinful as a, a five year old or a three year old or a fifty year old or a seventy year old if they were capable of it. They just they can't punch you, so therefore they don't. It's a fascinating idea that the uh, the idea of original sin is so deep in us that we would be evil from the very beginning if we were able to. In the very same way, flip that around. Jesus is so mighty and so powerful and so good, and he would be as a baby, except that he has chosen weakness, and he's too weak physically to be able to do what he is always capable of doing, the, the strength that he has spiritually. The, so much of Advent and so much of the incarnation is tension. Uh, this, this paradox of trying to understand the God who has become man, the Philippians 2 idea that, um, that he took on weakness, that he humbled himself, taking on the very form of, of human likeness. And, and that uh, the, this movement into humanity was such a dramatic step for the mighty God of the universe who reigns over all. And so as we go into this weekend, I, I want to encourage you to hold both of those things together because it really can't be one or the other. And the might of God is, is contained in all of them. In fact, I would go as far as to say one of the ways that we see the might of God is by his ability to make himself weak, to take on the form of a baby. 
uh, he can mask his strength as perfectly as he can express his strength, and uh, that is uh, com- that's truly remarkable. That uh, he could he could come as a baby and be seen as a baby, not even uh, recognized as something or someone different than that. Uh, what, what a remarkable idea that this powerful, mighty God who has created all things has come in weakness to be with us, to identify with us, to recognize our poverty, to recognize our sinfulness, to recognize our inability and our weakness, to recognize the temptations that are uh, on us, to recognize what it means to be human. Jesus became human so that he would recognize it. And that's part of the might of who he is. And that's why I love Bonhoeffer's comments, because it's this great reminder that when God comes, it is a mighty and powerful thing. But he also comes to identify with us and to uh, point us back to uh, the loving arms of the Father. Speaking of the Father, that's where we're going to be moving as we uh, come together on Sunday. So really looking forward to being together as we look at what it means that uh, God is also, through Jesus, the everlasting Father. The Father um, is the Son, and the Son is the Father. What a, a complicated and beautiful idea that um, that Jesus the Son is called prophetically the everlasting Father. What does that mean for us? Well, we're going to dive into that on Sunday and uh, next week as we engage this truth. Until then, I pray that you would get some time to rest, that there would be uh, margin. I know I'm really looking forward to Sabbath this week. Um, I need some uh, time to just be in the presence of God, uh, to rest and to uh, prepare for uh, what is ahead. And I pray that you get the same opportunity. And so uh, may the grace and peace of Jesus be yours. May you experience his uh, spirit anointing on you, his uh, spirit transformation in you, and his spirit flow from you to the waiting and watching world around us. Have a great rest of the day. I will look forward to seeing you again on Sunday as we gather to celebrate Jesus, the everlasting Father. Have a great rest of the day, and I'll see you on Sunday.